Welcome to Campaign Chemistry, where we pick the brains of creative alchemists, business wizards, and marketing geniuses behind the world's greatest brand. 15 years ago, just as the iPhone was launched, Jan Jacobs and Leo Permutico left the big agency world to strike out on their own. Indie agency Johannes Leonardo was born, and with it grew a reputation for courageous work that puts consumers at the center. Fast forward to today, and JL has garnered a global reputation for repositioning legacy brands such as Kraft and Mass Mutual for a modern generation by allowing consumers to shape their various executions. The agency is also known for helping brands in need of a turnaround, such as Volkswagen, rebuild trust with consumers. In this episode, Jacobs and Permutico chat about how the agency and its approach to consumer-led creativity have evolved alongside the media landscape and how the creative duo view creativity in a hybrid world. I'm your host, Allison Weisbrot, editor of Campaign US, and you're listening to Campaign Chemistry. Hello, Jan and Leo. Thank you for being here today. How are you? Very good. Thank you. Hi, Allison. Hi. Great. Thanks for having us. Yeah. So... Before we kind of dive into the conversation here, tell us a little bit about Johannes Leonardo. What's your claim to fame? Who are some of your biggest clients? Give me the give me the elevator pitch for the listener who might not know. I would say we're we're 15 years old and we're fortunate enough to work with some of the world's biggest brands on some of their biggest challenges or should I say opportunities. And we prize creativity and believe that it can have a a huge business impact. We always say in the agency, we have an inherent belief in the power of brand. We also have an inherent belief in the power of human beings. And that is really at the founding of a philosophy that we came up with when we started the agency, the consumer is the medium that today is, is only more relevant because of the, you know, increased, um, technology and capability that the thing in our pockets, the iPhone has. It's funny that the iPhone is shares the same anniversary, 15 years old as well. Yeah. And a lot's changed over that time, I'm sure. So talk about how JL's approach to creativity has evolved over that over that time period, you know, with all the different media innovations that have come out. And then more specifically, like now that we're sort of coming off I guess the pandemic, even though it's still kind of lingering, like getting back to the office and all those things, like, you know, how is it changing even further in this, in this new world? Yeah. You know, as, as Leo said, the, um, you know, we started uh, yesterday was actually the agency's 15 year anniversary. Congratulations. Uh, thank you very much. We survived. Ooh. And um, <laughs> we're still going. Um, and to give you a sense of how, how the agency has evolved and communication in general has evolved, just think about how the power in your own pocket in your iPhone has evolved over the years. And that is literally what we've all been through as a, a transformation in the communications industry. And when we started the agency, this idea of the consumer as the medium, we saw where this was going to go. I think it's constantly still surprising us and everybody else. Um, but we saw where this was going to go. And we started from the outset trying to, to develop work that harnesses that power that we all have. Um, and we've, you know, we've spent the years, even from the early days, starting to experiment with it. You know, we, we did some work for, for Daffy's where we gave away an apartment, uh, because we knew the talk value behind that and just rallying people around trying to win this apartment was a really interesting thing to draw an analogy to low priced, uh, products. You know, and we've done it for all sorts of things. We opened a, 
a pop-up store called the Right Boot Store at the very beginning to also just get the, the soccer community. In, in, it was actually in Berlin. It was in Germany. We get the soccer community to rally around and, and start to spread that message. So those were some of the early experiments where we started to work with the consumer as the medium. And we've really, every year, and as the technology grows and as consumer involvement in social media has grown, we've, um, we've exploited this philosophy more and more. And we've got some modern examples that we can talk about in a, in a bit for, for some of our big clients today in, in terms of how we use it. Alison, I would say that one of the biggest shifts is what made great work before we started the agency is no longer our definition of what makes great work. Um, and what I mean by that is it's, it's really hard to make a case that you've created something great unless you're really tapping into the, the potential that's there for people to, you know, get involved with and propagate and build on your ideas. You know, the, the notion that we as marketers or as brands can create work that treats the audience as the end is is um is kind of old fashioned, you know. And we, we really try and look at it as, you know, creating work that's going to when it gets to the audience, that's in many ways a starting point, right? Um and may and it, it means lots of different things. It means you're putting ideas to market in lots of different ways. You're coming up with lots of different types of ideas. But it's it ultimately it all comes down to how do you how do you tap into this interest if you get it right that consumers can have in the messages that you that you're trying to spread? Yeah. So give me an example of the consumer being the medium in the work that you do. Like obviously the agency was born sort of with social media, right? And this this new paradigm shift where consumers can kind of like talk back to you, get involved in the work and build on it from there. So give me an example of like how you've really harnessed that for for clients in the past. Well, Leah, do you want to, maybe I'll talk about a recent example. Do you want to talk about an earlier one? It might be interesting to just do, do a comparison between, uh, you know, some of the early experiments and where we are today. We were um, for, fortunate enough to be one of the, the first agencies that worked with, with Google. And there's an interesting um, challenge back in, you know, uh, maybe in 2008, 2009, where we all were using and thinking of Google as search, right? But you know, very few of us, and I think, you know, it was around 2%, were using the um, all the other innovations that they had been coming up with, right? Um, things like, you know, Google Translate. And what we decided to do in order to, you know, get more people aware and, you know, sort of using, using Google's innovations beyond search in their everyday lives was intentionally not have the engineers explain it to consumers, right? Um, we wanted to really make it palatable. We wanted to make it, you know, immediately obvious how, you know, the technology could improve the day-to-day. And what we ended up doing was was creating a program called Demo Slam alongside um, Google Creative Labs. And it was all about just arming, arming you know, consumers with, with the technology and, creating these, these demonstrations that were, you know, very, very fun um, as, as to how you'd use it. And that was extremely watchable. And we ended up pinning one against the other, hence the name Demo Slam. And it was a campaign that was really created by and led by consumers. And, and its power was, was very much um, because it, it, was, it was created by consumers. And, and there, was, there, was, there was no guessing to be done or, or any um, – 
you know, trying to factor in how this technology is going to work because because it was all there in the demonstrations and examples themselves. Now, mm. 10 years, however long later, we, we probably wouldn't create a microsite to get people involved, but then that was the right thing to do. And if we think about the opportunities that are there now to take this notion to the next level, it's there's there, there's just so much opportunity for for consumers not only to create but to you know to get involved and and, and to share the work and a modern so i'll give you a modern example right so we um uh you know over the last two years or so we've um we've repositioned five of Kraft heinz's uh biggest brands uh new brand platforms for all of those and they've been really really successful the example i'll use is for oscar meyer Recently, we've done a campaign that actually starts already starts with the consumers online. There's a there's I guess a meme or a movement where people discuss and share and joke about different ways to cook wiener sausages and and to uses for them and, and so forth. So we we took that and and built this campaign called Stupid or Genius, where we came up with we ran with that idea, came up with a whole bunch of new uses: a wiener cake and a, a, you know, or a wiener rake where you you know can can cook like 15 sausages at the same time and so on and so forth and then ask the public ask the consumers to vote is it stupid or genius and then have a, a, a live running online tally of what these things are obviously at the end there's a clear winner and then we went one step further and actually and the winner by the way was <laughs> whether this is stupid or genius was the, the cold dog so it's not a hot dog it's a cold dog it's actually a froze the idea is a frozen hot dog frozen dog and we, we went one step further and actually went and, and manufactured that. We made, we made a popsicle uh, called the cold dog and then introduced that and then drove around the Wienermobile in the public and, and, and handed these out and, and you could, you know, get them on the street and then again recorded people's responses to that. So the whole thing is like a full circle of consumerism medium, just really involving the community in, uh, in the brand. I think craft, craft is, a, is a really interesting example because there's – there's so many brands and their potential is is linked to their heritage. And, you know, I think every every agency is faced with the question of, you know, what capabilities do you want to bring inside the agency and which platforms are in, are important to you and how, you know, how are you going to modernize the output? And for us, the answer has always been very simple and, and we've, we've really brought it to life on craft and that's, what we have the opportunity to do is, is to get the consumer involved in the work and, and the way that we've helped to modernize a brand, the way that we've helped to shift, you know, uh, the media spend away from traditional into, into, uh, into digital is, is largely through just tapping into the power of consumer. And, and Jan, Jan touched on it there with Oscar Mayer, but the, the whole Velveeta campaign with Ultra Velveeta has been just a lot of, a lot of fun. And that's, that's a platform that we hope to continue for many years to come. Uh, and to continue to continue to you know iterate on and and bring into pop culture. Yeah, I, it's it's interesting. Um, I know you know the agency works with a lot of heritage brands, right? And sort of you're known for like turning around heritage brands or helping them sort of connect with consumers in more modern ways. I think Craft is a perfect example, right? Like the the cold dog, like getting consumers to vote. And then you actually bring that product to market. I'm curious what it's like for you as an agency to kind of get your clients, especially more legacy clients on board with these ideas. Like, is there a lot of resistance? Do they hire you for like knowing that that's what they want? Or do you have to do a lot of like education and, and handholding for them to let go a little bit of the message? It's interesting when, um, 
I remember when we decided to, to move to Saatchi and Saatchi, New York, there was the advice we were getting is, you, you, you know, are you sure you want to do that? It's, um, it's, you know, the, the, you know, it's going to be hard to turn around the work and stuff like that. What was interesting is that as soon as you came up with an insight or something the brain could credibly say, it was amazing how receptive the client was, you know, and, and how brave they actually were and courageous they were to go with ideas that you could argue they otherwise wouldn't um, simply because it was founded in, in a place that the, the brain could play. You know, and I think if we take it upon ourselves as strategic or creative people to really run it, run at the problem if there is a problem there, and just embrace what it is about the product that sets it apart, I think you'd you'd be surprised how how willing clients are to go there and how comfortable they get in doing work that's that feels different to the category that they're in. I, I think it's the latter. You know, I think clients come to us for those ideas, you know, and um, look, we, and we have lots of, lots of new modern brands, Instagram, Uber, and those kinds of things. We, we, have, we have had a, a really great record with, with turning around or, or modernizing legacy brands, as you say. I mean, I'm reminded of Mass Mutual from a, a few years ago, you know, where there's a, you know, 180-whatever-year-old brand, and they, they come to us for those ideas. You go, well, what – and usually in the DNA and the reason – a company became successful over the many years lies the solution for the future as well. It just, it, it takes re- discovering what that is and reinterpreting it you know, for, for a new generation and, and giving it meaning again. And in the case of mass mutual, it was, it was the idea that they were, that they would never demutualize. You know what I mean? That is why you essentially own a piece of the company. It literally goes back to the history of the founding of that brand. But then you, you, you fast forward that, so we came up with the thought of live mutual that that you know mutuality is a is a kind of a higher order of existence really, and an example of how we modernize that idea is you know the the New York Marathon, which I believe is on Sunday actually. Um, we did an activation uh, a few years ago um, called Adopt a Runner, where again we used the technology in the community of all these people from all around New York City that go and watch strangers run this marathon why do people do that so that mutuality exists and we then allowed people to connect to adopt runners so so these people come from all over the world on social you could meet them and you can you can essentially become their fan and then track their their uh progress throughout the race you know uh, because of the rfid tags and in, in their bibs so that's an example of bringing taking a literally an idea that's 180 years old and modernizing it for uh for a current consumer mm. and bringing that consumer involvement into it yeah. So as you think about like modernizing brands for a new audience, we're sort of entering, like you said, it's 15 year anniversary of the founding of the agency, as well as the 15 year anniversary of the iPhone. You know, it's been roughly 15 plus years since Facebook was launched and, and social media. So as we kind of move into this next era, everyone's talking about the metaverse, but as we kind of move into more of this, like, interactive, you know, gaming, virtual world. I don't think anyone knows how it's going to look, but how are you kind of thinking about modernizing your approach to these even newer frontiers? And how do you do that while not getting sort of distracted by like the next shiny object? I don't think we've ever been distracted by shiny objects. You know, it's interesting when you look at the, the, the first 10 years of the agency's existence was the, was the, this rapid rise of the digital agency and, 
there was lots of, I remember at the beginning, and this is at the very beginning of, of our agency, clients even started splitting their budget in half to begin with and giving half to their, whatever the digital agency was and half to the, whatever they call the creative or people even start saying the traditional agency at the time. And everyone went, okay, well, those agencies are dead and these digital agencies are the future. And and look what happened. They they haven't disappeared, but their role has completely changed more to a, a facilitator and, and in some in some instances, even a production role, because ideally you want to start always with the power of brand, right? So I think we've we've seen some of these things come and go, you know, microsites and all this kind of stuff that people were going crazy for. And I think when you look at the future, you look at, you know, Web3, uh, you know, Metaverse, NFTs, all of these things, I think they are more opportunities for, for consumer engagement. They just, again, this, 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 this consumer is the medium philosophy simply becomes more powerful every year. And, and, and it's more toys and more channels for us to, to allow, to, to not only reach people, but allow them to propagate our, our messages. Mm. Leo, do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, no, I think Jan, Jan, Jan's covered it. Um, it's we we talk about you know not not trying to build temporary expertise in the agency because obviously you've seen you just mentioned Alison the amount of you know potential distractions there are, especially in our space as you're trying to build a business. And so, in many ways, the mantra we started the agency with was was a mantra to protect us against that you know what i mean um because we we suspected that we're they're going to only be an increased amount of uh, new things to, to jump on and if no matter where it goes if we think about you know metaverse for an example it it, it it's so interesting that you know the 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 notion and the strength of community that's there on the platform is 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 where its inherent power is and we can you know you, you know, the, this, the way that we would be engaging there would be very much, you know, the, the same way we've, we've approached every other platform, which is, you know, to tap into the power of that, that community. Mm. That's, that's how, you know, it's the early years was very much about this sort of uh, experimentation and learning and iterating on this idea. And in, in some ways, every single idea that we've put out into the world has just um, evolved how we, think about it, how we go, go about it. And it's helped us perfect the art of participation. Um, mm. You know, this, this year we updated the internal processes, you know, uh, inside the agency to make sure that we're, we're fully maximizing the ideas that we put out in the world. Mm. Talk a little bit about that. What have you, what exactly have you updated and what are you trying to modernize for? The, no, if, if you, um, I think the propensity for someone to get involved with your brand point of view is always going to be, is always going to, you know, you're giving it a much better chance if there is, if there is a shared interest, right, between the brand and the consumer, right? So that's got to be the starting point. This, this idea that the difference that the brand wants to make in the world aligns with the difference, you know, that the consumer also wants to make. And a lot of our brand platforms, right, start from that place because if we can get that right, then, as we as we get into the execution phase of things, right? That that's that's where we're we're going to you know um, be able to be much more successful. So, our brand idea for for VW, for example, is this notion of um, living a living a bigger life, right? Drive bigger. This you know 
coming out of the last few years that this this um, there's a, there's a new perspective and the, there's a there's a willingness to really make the most of things right that's what we're mm. that we're starting with from the brand point of view with with VW Jan touched on some of the ideas for that we've put in place for for craft you know Velveeta is very much about speaking to you know the pleasure seeker right the Dolce Velveeta it's re, it's it's you know speaking to that that core audience um, keep it Oscar is all about finding the lightness, you know, that's out, that's, that's out there in, in life. So all of our brand platforms, you know, try and, you know, try and create that shared, shared mindset as, as the first step. And then, then it's, then it's about the art of, part- then it's about getting, getting people to participate, which exec- what type of executions are we going to, you know, create off the back of those platforms that they're going to inspire people to get involved right so we invite the consumer into you know the creative process itself yeah i know you mentioned volkswagen i know another thing jl is known for is helping clients in crisis right like you sort of helped vw emerge from its emission scandal a few years ago you've worked with clients like uber and instagram which have you know been in the news for various things um what's sort of your philosophy there like how do you how do you what when you get a client like that who's sort of struggling and needs to reposition themselves in some way like how do you tackle a problem like that and how and where have you been successful it's not something that we intentionally set out to do you know it's it's but i think that since since the very beginning we've always been i guess intellectually stimulated by big challenges we always wanted the thinking to have sort of an outsized you know in, influence and and i think if you and this i guess doesn't just pertain to us but just in general if you if you if you if you're confident that creatively you can you can approach things in a myriad of different ways whether it's different tone or different mediums then it allows you to be really upfront with what the issue is and be able to tackle it head on, right? And and we, it's it's surprising that if you if you do that, how you can help create a turnaround, you can help put a brand on a on a new tra- trajectory. Um, and, and, and maybe it's just you know having you know done it once, and then and then other times that it it um it it you know you, you start you start you start to see yes creative. You know, creative ideas, strategic, you know, strong strategic thinking can play a big role in helping in helping companies, you know, move forward. And and we, look, one of one of the things that we always like to remind ourselves is that brands, you know, the, the the lifetime of a brand is often very long, and sometimes longer than agencies, and certainly longer than us as individuals, right, who touch them. And we have this um, responsibility to not get involved for a period of time and and throw. The entire history of that brand away, right, or set it on a completely, you know, different course just for the sake of it. But it's it's to really try and influence that trajectory in a way that is true and and is is positive. You know, um, that's why I think if you look at the work that we've created over the years, it is just it is so different. I don't think we have a, a have a certain a certain style um, in wh- whether it's you know the mediums that we execute in. Or whether it's, you know, the 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 the, to- the tone of the advertising. I think it, it changes because we have this enormous respect for who the brand is and the, and the unique challenge that they face. Well, one one client 
uh, that you work with, Adidas, had a little bit of a crisis last week, right, with all the Kanye West uh, breakup. You know, in that sort of a situation, is that like, where do you, is there something that you get involved in? Is that more for like the crisis PR part of the business? And how do you sort of like think of creative's role in when, when a brand faces like a bad news cycle or something like that? Yeah, the, I mean, we, we had no involvement with that um, at all. I think that's a, a pure internal matter over at Adidas. I mean, and even the Easy brand was never handled by any agencies. It's, uh, it's internally done. But look, I think on v- VW was was interesting because when when we created, you know, our first work, it it was years. Uh, I don't know how long exactly. It was a couple of at least a couple of years after, you know, after you know Dieselgate, and we had to really think about how how are we going to two years later try and earn back the con- consumer trust. Right and um, and just give an indication for for where the, for where the brand you know was heading, and um, you know we we did a we created a campaign that that ran for a period of time. The intention really was to you know to um, you know clear the air and begin to earn back all the trust that had been been been, ero- been eroded, and we've we've built on that. Um, you know, over the last couple of years, and now we're entering you know uh, an exciting phase with the brand where we're um you know really 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 tapping into some you know some of the um you know the traits that have made the brand so successful in the past, but putting a modern spin on it. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about um internal agency stuff for a minute. Um, obviously. We've been going through this time of getting back to the office. I actually came by the Johannes Leonardo office in New York recently. It's extremely beautiful. I don't think I've ever seen such a gorgeous office with stained glass windows. It used to be an old law club uh, in the financial district. So definitely a place for creatives to be inspired. But talk about how like over the pandemic, your like approach to creativity, your process has changed. What have you learned about, you know, through this working from home time period and how are you now seeing the office playing a role in in the agency? We call our office the the, the temple of creativity because as you said, it looks like a it looks like a temple. Somebody actually described it as a, it looks like a cross between a, an Apple store and a church. <laughs> it does I, kind of. <laughs> which I think is pretty accurate. Look, I, I think, you know, I mean, obviously the the changes that the industry and the world has gone through is is well documented and every single person on earth lived it. So so we we, we understand and we know that we know the changes. I think, you know, we we actually use the opportunity to experiment um, again with our philosophy in, in, in a completely different way. Um, we did a campaign for one example. I'll give you. We did a campaign for for Adidas for 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 ZX, um, and the idea the team came up with was this idea of science. So it's like pseudoscience, I guess. That talks about the squishiness of the shoe and the color and the bounce and all this kind of uh, uh, attributes um, and the way we went about it was to you know we knew everyone was sitting at home locked up no one could leave so we activated a, a, a whole community of of, uh, of of contributors to to actually make the content we made a um, we we based and these are these are some people that we've never worked with before and these are not people that are professional creatives in, in many sense in many ways so we 
we briefed all of these people, maybe 50 people, I forget the exact number, and everyone contributed a different um, explorations of, of Zions. And we thought, okay, well, let's see, maybe we can end up using 50% of it. You don't know what you're going to get back. We ended up using all of it. It was just phenomenal and, and in varying degrees. And we created a 12-hour nonstop channel on YouTube, which is essentially like a TV channel with interstitials and ads and the whole thing. And it's all Zions content and just ran it as a, as a live 12-hour uh, channel that you could just put on in your home because you're also locked up, just like the creators who made all the content. Mm. So, again, I think we, we discovered that there are ways of just using the community in a completely different sense, even when people seem to be seem to be restricted. They, they're not, you know. So I think, uh, yeah, I think we learned a lot in, in the process. Are you, do you want people back in the office now? Like how do you see that playing a role in your, your creative output? I think it's really um, – it's uh, for us it's going to always come down to a balance it's i think it's it's really it's it's hard to be the best at both you know what i mean and i think we've we really you really have to be much more intentional about inspiration do you know what i mean like bring get getting people to, getting people together or sharing the work um when it would just happen by chance previously because you're bumping into each other or around each other um, the need for inspiration is is as much now, if not more, than than ever before. But it requires more intentionality, you know. So it's it's um, it's you know it's it's the top, you know, it's something that we talk to Julia about a lot. Is helping us run the creative department, and um, yeah, we have people in. We come in on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, and we just we that really helps us just bond as a, bond as a group. You know, and then obviously we have flexibility built in there as well. But we're finding that bringing us, you know, bringing people together makes, you know, it, it it just helps you get to things quicker. It sort of ups the work, but but obviously there's um there's 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 the need for flexibility, you know, across the board, whether whether it's you know two days a week or even on the days where we're in the creative process. You know, even even when we were, you know, uh, in an office, we. We would spend, Jan and I would spend so much time as a creative team, like not there, coffee shops or, you know, whatever it was, you know, coming up with ideas. Mm. So is it, do you find that it's like been a challenge sort of navigating flexibility, like, you know, just dealing with the politics of it? Or do you find that it's been easy to get people to come in and, and sort of want to collaborate together? I think, well, I think it's, you know, everyone has their own opinion about this and it's it's mainly based on their own circumstances. Um, so, and I think it's going to take, over time it will settle again uh, in, in various forms, I guess. I mean, we personally, we believe we are better together. Um, we've, we've seen the difference. And uh, yeah, I think it's, as Leo says, you know, the advertising is a little bit different from many other industries in a way and that it was always kind of like that no one ever checked when anybody came in you know no one checked somebody in at nine or somebody in at 10 or whatever and also people would would stay later than in many other industries and people would be away on shoots and you wouldn't know even where some people are you know and, and as us as a team as leo said we'd go out and just spend days in coffee shops before we, we come back so i think that we probably feel this change less than some other more more rigid more rigid industries but and i think people like we're also a lot younger than most industries you know and i think um the the the, the social atmosphere of an ad agency is it was a wonderful place we all grew up in it and and you you know i've got lifelong friends from there and many other people 
you know, we've got couples that have gotten married within the agency. So I, I just, I think it's, um, uh, I don't think it's been hard getting people to come back really. And there's still a lot of flexibility, as Leo said, it's only a few days a week. Mm. So on your 15th anniversary, looking back on kind of going out on your own as creatives and starting your own shop, like what advice do you have for others looking to start an agency today, 15 years later? Mm -hmm. um, what would you tell them? Get ready for a ride. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it's, it's interesting that um, it, it's never going to happen as you – imagine it. I think it takes the same quality that it takes to create great work. Um, it, it kind of the same qualities that it takes to, to start a business. Um, and I guess that, that optimism that ideas can make a difference or ideas are worth, are worth hearing no matter what stage you're at, whether you're starting a business or whether, you, you know, you're working with a new client and you're, and you're trying to do great work, those, those traits are always, always going to be there and important. It's hard to say it doesn't, you know, take perseverance because it, it does, you know what I mean? It takes, it takes, um, you know, getting back up after, after, after knocks and it takes um, never, never um, remaining, remaining humble the whole time, you know what I mean, as well. So it's, it's it's definitely it's definitely a journey, but it's also so rewarding. It's so rewarding when you see people achieve things that um, they perhaps you know didn't think they could, or maybe they 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 wouldn't have done somewhere else, or um, they they have this you know amazing impact. It's just it's 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 you know it's it, that that in, that in itself is an extremely rewarding ex rewarding feeling and experience. And B, I would add, you know, definitely, I mean, resilience and optimism are, are probably the, the the biggest traits, I would say, to to weather what's coming because you just don't know. I mean, if, if you take the life of our agency, you know, three months after we opened our doors was the was the financial, global financial collapse, you know what I mean? And, and a company like Lehman Brothers went under <laughs> when we were three months old, you know, and, and that was our first kind of moment when you go, wow, you just don't know what's coming. And then fast forward to, you know, three years ago now and, and the global pandemic breaks out that hasn't happened since like 1918 or whatever it is. So you just, you don't know what's coming. Those are extreme examples, but um, they are daily and weekly and yearly examples for sure of, of various things that just keeps coming at you. So, but that's that. I think that's also what makes it exciting. Is you just don't you learn so much about yourself and your and about each other and about our, our people and, and and so forth. So yeah, it's uh, it's exciting for sure. So what's next for JL? Would you guys ever sell or independent forever? Well, we we did we did the opposite, didn't we? A few years ago, we sort of ran against the grain and 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 bought more of our company back because of our our belief in 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 the power of independent thinking i think in some ways independent structure is is where a lot of minds go to but in some ways it's overrated i think the um i think the, the important thing or where we've derived most value is 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 in the independent thinking is in being able to you know really be upfront and address and and dig to find what the real what the actual issue is or what creativity can impact and then reorient 
our agency, our process, the work that we decide to come up with so that it, it can, it can solve that thing. You know what I mean? And that, that takes, you know, uh, not having, it takes being able to, to move quickly on highs if you need to make them. It takes, um, you know, not, not having capabilities that you, you try and you're trying to force onto a scope, right? It, you know, it take, it takes, it takes those things. And I think that's, that's, at the heart of why we've been able to be successful and why the work that we've done has has worked for clients from a from a business sense, you know, um, whether it's perception shift, whether it's sales, whether it's earning new customers, it's um, we're proud we're proud that the the work creatively is 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 not just of a, of a certain quality, but it's but it's actually having having real business results. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for chatting with me and I'm excited to see what comes next for the agency. Fantastic. Thanks, Alison. It's been great. Really nice talking to you. Really enjoyed it. Thank you, Alison. That's all the time we have for this week. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to Campaign Chemistry on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.